Section 25 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Seguir. The Mass of all the points of christian doctrine there is perhaps not one which is more necessary to know yet of which many are more ignorant than that of which we must now speak the practice of it is so frequent and the fruits to be drawn from it are if rightly appreciated so abundant that it may be called the soul of christianity the centre and abridgment of the christian faith i mean the mass the Mass is not a prayer, like other prayers. Some think that Vespers or some other devotion may well fill the place of Mass. But this is a great error. The service of Vespers forms a very excellent religious exercise. But Vespers are only prayers. The Mass is indeed a prayer, but it is something higher still. It is a sacrifice. And what a sacrifice! A sacrifice in which God renders himself present to his people, a sacrifice in which God himself descends upon the altar as the victim. A sacrifice is the most holy act in the worship of the one true God. It is an offering made to God of the life of a victim, as an acknowledgment that he is the sovereign Lord of every creature he has made. The more excellent the victim the more acceptable the sacrifice, since it draws its value from the victim which is immolated. Let us judge from this the infinite holiness of the sacrifice of the cross, in which Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of the living God, the second person of the adorable Trinity, made man, offered his own life to God, his Father, to render him a homage that is worthy of him, that is to say, infinite, and to atone by an expiation equally infinite for the sins of the whole world. Can anything greater or more perfect be conceived? And this infinite greatness and infinite perfection are to be found in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. For it is the same divine sacrifice of Jesus Christ, continuously offered throughout all ages. Truly present, though invisible in the blessed sacrament of the altar, Jesus Christ, by his almighty power, changes the bread and wine beneath the hands of his priests into his own body and blood. And there on the altar, at the sacred moment of the consecration, he offers himself anew as the one universal, all-sufficient victim in the presence of God, his Father. He renews the act of voluntary oblation, which gave to his passion and death upon the cross all their infinite value, and thus immolating himself anew, though without the shedding of his precious blood, he renders present to all human generations the one sacrifice which saved the world. Therefore, the sacrifice of the cross and the sacrifice of the mass are not two sacrifices, but one only sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ himself, offered simply under two different forms, 
on the cross and on the altar the victim is the same jesus christ and this one victim offers himself to the same god with the same intentions the appearance the outward form alone is distinct the most solemn moment of the mass is therefore the moment of the consecration or elevation the bell is rung that all may be aware of the presence of our lord every one must be kneeling with bowed head to adore in deepest reverence the majesty of jesus christ and in union with him to render all the praise love adoration and thanksgiving which god expects from his creatures we must also ask pardon for our sins and make known our spiritual and temporal needs uniting ourselves to this most holy victim for whose sake alone god deigns to hear our prayers it would be a great irreverence to remain seated or standing without necessity during the elevation or still more to speak or laugh or look about even the least noise must be avoided during these precious instants anything approaching to indifference at this solemn moment would show a sad want of religion if we had a lively faith we should be wholly penetrated and absorbed in the presence of the god who loves us to such a marvellous excess all in the mass which precedes the consecration is only the preparation for the sacred moment of the sacrifice of jesus christ and all which follows is only the completion and the act of thanksgiving nothing could be more solemn than all of these ceremonies the greater part come down to us from the earliest ages in the first and second centuries the sacred mysteries commenced as now by the singing of psalms and by prayers which the priest recited aloud and to which the faithful answered amen on the altar which was usually raised above the relics of some martyr were placed candles or lighted lamps incense was burned the priest turned to the faithful then as now with the dominus vobiscum then they read the letters or epistles of the apostles or some passage by the prophets of the old testament every one stood during the reading of the gospel which the priest or celebrant bishop explained in a homily or exhortation after this the credo was recited and next the bread wine wax and oil necessary for the sacrifice and worship were offered to the priest before the consecration of the host and of the chalice the priest sang the prayer called the preface namely the prayer which precedes and a little after the consecration the pater absolutely the same as in our own days before communion the kiss of peace was given then followed a thanksgiving the priest gave the benediction with the sign of the cross and the communicants retired from the altar bearing in their hearts their lord and their god it is a great mistake to pretend the mass is a modern institution it was our lord himself who first offered the sacrifice of the eucharist on holy thursday at the last supper when his passion was about to begin and from that time apostles bishops and priests have said mass everywhere and always christians are obliged to hear mass on sundays and feasts of obligation 
and no one who is able to do so on the weekdays should fail to fulfill this most important duty. No other religious practice can be compared to this. How many might find time to go each morning to receive the benediction of Jesus Christ, and yet deprive themselves from negligence of graces which would render the day that followed holy and happy, and would sanctify their lives? End of section 25 Read by John Brandon